Welcome to episode two of the What is So Show mini-series on creating resiliency within your remote workforce. This is the second and final episode of part one of the series on creating resilient systems. Last episode, we talked about transforming your business systems to allow remote employees to work effectively by ensuring seamless access to all data and content. In this episode, we are going to explore some of the more popular alternative productivity platforms, what they are good for, and how to figure out who should communicate what and where. Confused yet? Let's figure out what is so, so we know where to go. Derek. Derek. What's up? Derek, welcome back to the show, man. I missed you on the last one. I know. I'm a tough person to not be around. I get it. So today, we were going to cover some of the more popular alternative productivity platforms, or productivity platforms, I guess. Yeah, I'm what super stoked about this one. Yeah, what they're good for, and kind of figure out how, who should be communicating what, and on what platform, and how we can use these most effectively, because we've now deleted a large portion of uh, in-person communication from the office. And I think before we got into any of the those platforms, we wanted to have a conversation around like a situational analysis on what what is so and how did we get to where we are now. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes down to the like communication theory is probably the best place to start. Yeah. And so, <laughs> please, so please keep, keep listening. We're only going to talk about communication theory for a little while. So this was super interesting to me. One, because I think um, people right now are kind of missing the mark and what they're talking about in this, where we are right now with the pandemic. I think, this isn't just a temporary thing. This is really going to be a shifting point, I think, for a lot of businesses. And so understanding how we got here is interesting. And so my brother actually studied, and I'm going to butcher whatever he studied, but he, he basically studied the psychology of workplaces. And so I reached out to him and he gave me some stuff to read. And it's super interesting, sort of in the 80s. So like 1986, these two guys, Richard L. Draft and Robert H. Lengel, they created this media richness theory. Um, they saw this rapid changing in how people were starting to communicate using mail and different forms. And so it's an interesting idea to think about how our communication is either rich or lean. So things that are, you know, face to face is extremely rich. We can get a lot of information from you very quickly and you get instant feedback. Um, whereas something more lean is, you know, you, you send a, a letter so the two major forms of communication in our offices are oral communication and written com- communication. And oral communication can be an in-person conversation, a phone call, an interview, a meeting. So the majority of our communication during the day in an office would happen in person. Going back to what you said on richness, those, those in-person conversations are really rich because you get that that huge chunk of nonverbal communication that comes with talking to people. I don't know. Do you want to butcher a statistic on how much communication happens nonverbally? Probably like 70%. Totally. 70%. <laughs> totally made that up. Um, so email doesn't have any 
component, any nonverbal component. So you've lost the body language component as soon as you start emailing people, which should be straightforward. From a written communication perspective, and I think sometimes email, email probably got used incorrectly a lot, even before we were all, while we were still in the same office together, I, I don't think people did a great job of, of emailing. Totally. Um, so when you look up the literature on kind of written and verbal communication and when to use one over the other, uh, written communication, which email falls underneath, is for conveying facts. Um, when there's little time urgency and when you don't need immediate feedback. But constantly you would get emails from people and and then you get a phone call from them and they say, well, didn't you see my email? And it's like, no, you, you should start with phone call. <laughs> so if you're already using email as a way of conveying urgent information, I don't think the solution now that we've now that we've deleted the majority of our communication that used to be that used to happen in person, I don't think the solution would be to start sending more emails from an urgency perspective. And and I think what we wanted to explore today was talk about how we can how do we backstop that now with the other communication platforms that are out there, and we, we can get away from just sending more emails. Um, I don't know. And you're across your day at work, Derek, like, what did you, how did you use to communicate with people before we were working from home? Yeah. So when I was at the office, I mean, I'd come into work, I'd sit down and I'd talk to people around me face to face and then check my emails, respond to emails and then get to work on things that I needed to work on directly. If I needed something quickly, I went to their office. And if that person wasn't in the office, I was screwed. Like there was no way for me to move forward. I was just sitting there kind of twiddling my thumbs if it was something that was important. And so right. I- Yeah, I went through a period of my life where so I used to work with offices all over the world. And we never had that kind of in-person communication because we were in, I mean, the Middle East was 11 to 12 hours away, depending on the time of year. Um, so you would completely overlap each other. So you'd wake up in the morning with 200 emails in your inbox and you'd just spend the whole day trying to clean your inbox out. And you'd, you'd be like four o'clock and you'd throw your hands in the air and you're like, I did it. I got through all of my emails, but that was your, enti- <laughs> that was your entire day. And it, it sucked. So I started getting into a habit of, um, because if you start treating it as non-urgent, um, which is amplified when you know that that person isn't even going to read it until they wake up the next morning. Yeah. But just assuming that you did this a similar experiment here where you're going to treat emails as non-urgent forms of communication. And I would just keep an email message open, uh, one for every person that I was going to send an email to back at my other office. And as things happened throughout the day, I would just add in kind of updates throughout my day to this person. And then if things changed, I didn't have to go back and and send another email and saying, hey, ignore that first email. I've I've finally read to the bottom of my inbox and I realized that you rescinded your other email. And so I'm going to rescind that email. (laughs) So so don't worry about it. We got this thing. (laughs) That's kind of of a unique situation where you know they're not going to read it for 12 hours. So you can kind of structure your email in a way that allows it to sort of 
even if you cut your day in half yeah. and you yeah. and you elect to not send email as a way of asking questions um, that was another thing I did. So other than keeping an email message open and at the end of the day, you'd send it and they would get one email from you in the morning. And, and the other cool thing that I found out is that as soon as you start sending fewer emails, you actually got fewer emails back. It's, it's a, it's a beautiful feedback. loop. It's a beautiful feedback loop. So, so the other thing I did, and it was around the same time as I was doing the rest of this stuff. Uh, and I made a resolution to myself to not ask any questions in an email. And I just kind of wanted to see how that impacted my day. And the changes that happened were basically uh, an, in, an increase in amount of uh, the number of phone calls I made and an increase in the speed at which I was able to get information which is pretty cool did you guys use any other forms of information transfer like i mean we learned about local last time that you guys started building yeah. where the document revision but as far as communication was there something that you guys used so at, at a at, a, at an executive level we had weekly exec uh executive committee meetings and that was we kind of hummed and hawed about that for a while because it was we would get up at six o'clock in the morning and we would get, so when we showed up at six, it would be 5 PM their time. And so they were staying late and we were getting up early. So it's kind of mutually crappy for everyone. Um, and we just had to force that meeting to happen because that was our only opportunity to really have that in-person communication and deal with all the issues that have sprung up throughout the week. Hmm. Um, and that was a video conference. Yeah, that was on zoom. And what did you guys get out of that? That was mostly directional meetings to try to make sure everyone is aligned? Yeah, it's pretty similar to the ones that you and I have. So if we want to get into video video conference meetings, hot tips, the, the key to a successful meeting was doing a bunch of pre-work for that meeting to have the information filled in and, and being able to review the uh, populated agenda beforehand. And then you could see the updates and the issues mm -hmm. that people had from the week. And then you were able to formulate some thoughts around what we were going to talk about. So when we were on the phone, we wanted to make sure that our time was well spent. Yeah, it reminds me of the Jeff Bezos method of the two-page memo. So instead of doing a presentation, which can skip over a bunch of information, before a meeting, he would force whoever was owning that meeting to write a two-page memo. And everyone had to review that memo before they went to the meeting. So they actually had something constructive and had a, like original thoughts on their own to contribute towards that meeting. And I, I think that method and that thought process is valuable for pretty much any form of meeting, whether it's video conference or in person. But I think particularly in video conference for you guys is valuable because you knew there was no other way for you guys to talk. That was like, this has to be it. You have to be yeah. as efficient and valuable in this two hours as you can. Yeah, so we'd open those meetings off with a segue. And the whole point of that segue was from to switch from working in the business to working on the business. Whatever you're working on before you came to that meeting, it, it got you, because it's in virtual meetings, you can't put your computer away, hmm. right? You can do other things. Right? 
Like you wouldn't walk into a meeting with your laptop and type on it during the entire meeting. It would be super rude. <laughs> I've had bosses that did that before. <laughs> yeah, it's super rude. Yeah, right? it's Like, why are you even here? Yeah, get out of here. But that also translates. I had bosses that did that, and that translates to how other people come to those meetings. So I had managers that would type and, and like answer phone calls and text people in the meeting. And then soon everybody, when they came to a meeting, they all brought their laptops, they all brought their phones and they're all doing other things because they think that's norm that's the manager doing it i should also be doing it if you don't do it then you're the outlier you're like you're not busy enough to be working while you're having a meeting but then the meetings became useless because there's only two people contributing yeah i think it comes down to a lot of culture stuff in there too yeah so i think it's everything that we did worked for us and there's definitely going to be things that other that are going to work for other people but i think it's really important to lay down uh, a very concise set of expectations for when you are, are going to all meet because our our whole days are getting flipped upside down and we've got kids at home and we're all stuck together. Everyone has a super fluid work day now. So of, of the times where we're all going to get together and have a, like a uh, really focused form of communication, we all need to be on point and prepared for that. So it's, you're not wasting anyone's time. So having a clear set of expectations for those meetings, because these video conferences now are the most formal, rich form of communication that we have now, right? Yeah. Yeah. You have to make use of that time. And I saw, I think it was Simon Sinek. He was on LinkedIn the other day and he did this thing on what's the difference between being optimistic versus being positive. But he just looked completely haggard. Like he hadn't shaved and he was in like this raggedy t-shirt and his hair was... Sort of how we look right now. Yeah, <laughs> but, but we're doing audio, so it's okay. You don't have to take, you know, you can still wear sweatpants. But I think just because we're working at home, I don't know, for me, maybe I'm funny this way, but I was like, you, you could shave and clean yourself up before you're going to throw a video up on LinkedIn. I don't, I don't know. Maybe that was just me. Yeah, no, I agree. I think there's value in dressing up like you're going to work, even if you're not going to a physical place. Yeah, just from a mental mental space. Totally. It's like having your own space to work specifically for work and also extremely important. But maybe that's besides the point. Uh, I would say that's for the next episode. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Plug it already um so what were we talking about uh forms of communication we're just kind of talking about best tips for video conferencing right so um, video conferencing is our like our big formal thing now yeah and so i think the key takeaway there is video conferencing should really be used effectively don't just use it as a what is it called a water cooler conversation you know you can have that conversation because people need to be social but at the same time really have a purpose so I guess the next thing we can talk about is, is maybe other forms of communication throughout the day. Yeah, some of the feedback that I've heard talking to people about the challenges that they've had is they basically are video conferencing a lot. So one of them yeah. is I'm, I'm on video conferences all day and I can't get anything done, which I think is pretty close, pretty parallel to what was happening during an office in an office environment where I'm in meetings all day and I can't get anything done. So I don't think a ton there's changed because that was happening before. But that wa that water cooler thing that you brought up, the how do you have personal um, those relationship building forms of communication within your your work teams, and and 
and create a way for your teams to communicate on a more casual level and a kind of a peer peer level. So I know some of the stuff that we do is we'll just have a work session over Zoom. Yeah, which is really useful. No structure at all. It's basically just us on a Zoom call. Yeah. Like we're sitting next to each other. Yeah, and it's almost like you would do this with someone that, like you said, like you'd be sitting next to normally that you would normally, you know, shoot the shit with. Yeah, the people over the cubicle wall. Yeah. Yeah. If you had cubicles. Yeah, oh, that's so true. But I think also another form for us that we use and I think is really valuable because I don't have that much social contact with the world is having an avenue to to post or to just connect quickly through, I mean, I use Slack when I'm on the, my computer, but just when I see something that's either relevant or valuable to what we're doing, but it's not necessarily in line with what we're working on. I think having something like a Slack or even a chat where I can throw in ideas and just generally get feedback on things um, is extremely valuable for me. I don't know. That kind of makes, that is more like the water cooler conversation than our work sessions. Cause I feel like our work sessions is a good way to make sure I'm on task and that, you know, if there's anything specific I need from you, I can easily get it. But the Slack and chat is more of a useful way for people to just kind of feel connected at all times to their work. So I think there's value in that too, outside of sort of the video conferencing work sessions that we talked about. And and Slack isn't the only one out there. Um, yeah, there's a ton now. But I'm sure Microsoft, like SharePoint, Microsoft probably has its own version. Microsoft Teams or whatever would be pretty similar. Yeah, my my dad uses Teams with his company, and he's like in his sixties, but he loves it. Yeah, it's a really good way of having that casual connection with your work peers. Um, one of the things that's really important, and I, I think this is going to be a top a part of the of the future episodes is is sharing things like best practices and making sure that like if someone's found out a really cool way to do something to make sure that everyone else knows about it because normally that would kind of percolate through an office and now a team could be working in isolation doing this amazing thing and unless they tell anyone anyone no one else will know that there's a better way to do something yeah so that's kind of an interesting way to share information like that um there's also task managers yeah like asana it's something that we started using for for us but i've also used that in the past, I think the benefit of something like that is really just the ability to check it off your list and really structure yourself. But I think yeah. there's a ton of those at this point. I don't know. There's thousands of them. No, that's an exaggeration. Well, it's probably not an exaggeration. There probably oh, is a thousand of them. Yeah. There's a ton of different tax, tasks managers, uh, and each of them do their own things. You really have to play around with them to find something that works. But I guess the point of using those is it's a really good, quick way for people to understand what other people are working on and when they're going to have their stuff done. So you don't, again, it eliminates the requirement to send out useless emails saying, Derek, when are you going to have that shareholders agreement done? Yeah. Or something like that, right? Where I can just go look at your task thing. It almost creates a form of instant feedback because you, you're not even going, it's that information's there available. You're just going to go look at what people are doing and, and you're telling people what you're telling everyone else what you're doing. And so it's, a, it's an easy way to 
to share that. I think it was going back to video chat. My one of my friends works for a large company, and they've been doing Zoom beers. Yeah, kind of happy hour on with their coworkers on on Zoom, and but for most of their work based video conferencing, they use a Microsoft Teams. But apparently, their IT department has the ability to record all the conversations over Microsoft Teams. God, so they just use. Zoom so they've transitioned like away because they don't really want to <laughs> to have their. I mean, that's a really good point. Just yeah, I don't think that there's a level of trust yet that's been established between with the ability for a company now to completely micromanage their employees and have insight into everything that do, they're doing because it's all being done on a company computer. Yeah, it's true. It's like Zoom. I found out that Zoom, if you, you can have little chats on the sidebar. So when a meeting is finished, they can see all of the messages. So you're, if you're using a company Zoom account, they can see all of the messages sent privately or publicly in a record associated with that Zoom meeting. Right. So before, if you if you wrote, wrote an email, that was kind of pretty, yeah, everyone knew that there's going to be a record of that for the all time. But now every, every one of our conversations, there's a record that's probably being indexed somewhere. That's probably a, a different, a difficult thing to, for people to get their heads around. Okay. So we talked about email. We've talked about Slack, video conferencing. We talked about Zoom beers. What else do we have? Task managers. I also was thinking about talking about documents, collaboration versus engineering versus reports. Like, how do you... Right. Yeah, because we got into that a bit on episode one of the series where we went through, we, we just kind of talked about the, the pitfalls of using collaborative software and we didn't really touch on what it's really useful for. Yeah. So we've got these all these productivity platforms, Google Documents, Microsoft 360. You have Miro, you have like all these like really cool companies. You have Nova. Nova. And and they're they can be really good for collaborating online. So instead of me and you having a work session where we just have an open Zoom call going, we can all we can just be working in the same document together and, and seeing what other what you're doing and what I'm doing and getting something done together. Um, and I think it's maybe to identify what the, what that's really good for, because we, we said it's, it can be really detrimental in terms of um, long-term revision control, but in, but in terms of short-term collaboration on documents, so over over the like short-term means being like a few days. Yeah, try, where we're all I think trying to, I think, something. I think, I think trying to get things started is really a big benefit of some of these collaboration software is, is trying to get ideas out, trying to get things on paper um, and really working together towards something without having like a formal meeting, but having a workspace. Um, and I think Nova does a good job at structuring, you know, how and what you should be doing next in order to actually get where you need to go um, as opposed to, and you kind of do it on your own time as opposed to, hey, this is our meeting. We need to do this. It's kind of like you need to complete this overall idea. And then once it's done, then you can kind of move into the more detailed stuff as far as you know deliverables and all that stuff. But I think that's one of the, the biggest issues that you have as a 
remote workers, you don't have a, a sort of a low key collaboration space where you can really be free to create things as a team, as opposed to doing individual work. And I think these platforms that we're talking about are sort of that, that gateway to being able to do some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, one of the thoughts that I had, that's probably not in line with what we were just talking about is the importance of, I guess, accuracy in your communication now, mm -hmm. because you don't have, you've lost that opportunity to kind of have that verbal stumble. So when, in kind of all your forms of communication now that are written anyway, is really putting a higher importance on kind of accuracy and correctness in that because that's what everyone's that's your that's what you're being measured against now yeah. is that yeah. what you're putting on into a document yeah um and and making sure that you're not yeah it's just having a focus on accuracy and correctness in your forms of written communication is really important Okay, where do you think this is going to continue to go? So I think Ontario just said they're state of emergency for another four weeks. Yeah, Ontario is pretty bad right now. <laughs> yeah, they're not a good spot. So at least another month, mm -hmm. and and lots of people I've a few people I've spoken to have started at a high like high level positions within companies who are starting to look at what they pay in rent now a year and how, so obviously there's been an impact to business, mm -hmm. but, but from an overall functionality of the business, it's about the same. They're all getting the same amount of work done ish from home. And they're only going to get better. Yeah. And we're, we're, everyone's scrambling right now. Right. So it's like, if you're doing okay, with people working from home and you're not spending a million dollars on a lease a year. What does that mean Yeah, to yeah. your company? Yeah. I think companies need to get out of the, the mindset that this is a temporary thing. Okay. So let's say you've got a video conferencing system nailed down. You know how you're going to run your meetings. You've got a great way for your workers to communicate at a casual level to share best practices and you've got a great platform for collaboration. Are we missing anything that from a system uh, systems level thing that we need to add to this mix? I know one thing, hmm. kind of one detriment of this that I've lived through to make up for this gap in the relationship aspect of the people you work with. And we ended up, um, what we did was we just bought everyone at work. Fitbits and they have a corporate um, package where you can start to step competition with yeah. people. There's a totally different medium for people to kind of build these relationships around. And it, and it was also a different because everything's so work focused right now. It was kind of just something else to talk about. We've lost the water cooler conversation, so we're becoming more isolated, even though we're super isolated. We're becoming more isolated because we we're losing touch with what everyone else is doing. Yeah, we don't have access to just, yeah, how was your lunch that I just saw you eat? Even making fake plans and stuff. Just, yeah, you're right. It's a good idea. 
but also being clear that you're not going to track how many steps you're doing. So you're not doing too that many steps. That was a huge issue. That was <laughs> it's just like, a massive issue. If, if, you, if you did like, you know, 50,000 steps, there's no way you're working while doing 50,000 steps unless you're doing something. Uh, yeah. Know, well, and you'd look at it and they're like, well, they must have been at the gym between two and three. <laughs> yeah. It it was highlighted numerous times that, that people were concerned we were doing this as a means of tracking. Totally. When they were getting to work. That's where my mind first went when you said yeah. that. I'd be like, I'd be just worried that my boss is looking at how many steps I'm doing. So I'm... It was tricky. But I think there's a gap there when we're going back to what are we missing. Mm. I think that's something that's missing from what I what I'm aware of in terms of uh, systems that we can use to to communicate with. And we just touched on a major issue with stuff in terms of privacy and how to how to do that and alleviate people's privacy concerns. Fair process. A fair process. Yeah. I think that comes back to you know having a fair process. If if you do implement it, make people feel a part of it at the start. You know, if you do that Fitbit thing, make a poll. Ask them. I think I think as soon as people get involved in it, then they feel some ownership and they feel less scared that it's some devious plot in the background. Yeah, um, making it clear that your company isn't recording conversations, and, and if they are, like what, how they'd be accessed, and under what um, circumstances they would be accessed, and making sure that's really clear. Because I know that's I've heard that concern a couple times around. That's a good point. I think people recording keystrokes on, so as they're working from home, they're under the impression that their company doesn't trust them and that their IT knows how, how active your mouse is and your keyboard is. Right? Crazy. If, if you've got a super, like a, a lockdown IT department. Yeah. So forming a level of trust with your remote employees around how these new systems will be used. Let's wrap it up there. Yeah, this was fun. I think I think there's a lot of opportunities here for businesses to really become more lean and effective at being distributed workforces. So, awesome. Yeah. All right, we'll see you on the next show. Until the next one.